Hi, this is attorney Paul DeLaurie with the Sudden Wealth Podcast, where we talk about how families and business owners can protect their assets and empower their children to be responsible stewards of their wealth. Uh, the co-host is normally Mike Zolno. I'm not sure why he's not here today, but he's not. Um, but so I'll be calling him after and making sure he's okay. Uh, thanks for joining us here on the podcast. And today we're going to be talking about imposter syndrome. Uh, now, I recently ran across uh, Tara um, Halliday, and Tara has, uh, has been a holistic therapist and coach for over 21 years and is a specialist in imposter syndrome. She's the author of uh, an Amazon number one bestseller called Unmasking, The Coach's Guide to Imposter Syndrome, and a creator of the Inner Success eight-week program for executives to eliminate imposter syndrome and get back to being great. So in this episode, we're going to learn three things. Uh, number one, what is imposter syndrome? Number two, what causes it? And then what can people do about it? So lean forward and listen carefully because this episode could have a significant impact on not only your personal quality of life, but uh, hopefully your future financial success. So hello, Tara. Hello, Paul. Thank you for having me here. <laughs> well, thank, thank you, you for being here. Um, so I've been, in, I've been curious for a while about if there's some relationship between imposter syndrome and what I talk about, which is sudden wealth syndrome. So I guess, first of all, before we jump in, what is imposter syndrome? Yes, it's just the essential question. Yes. Yeah. So imposter syndrome is the secret feeling of being a fraud when you're not, and the fear of being found out. So it's not a medical syndrome. It's actually, it was actually first called imposter phenomenon. But okay. It got changed to syndrome, but it's, it's nothing medical in that. And it affects 70% of high achievers at some point in their career. So it shows up in highly successful people who you would have no idea that they are feeling like they don't belong there and that they're a fraud. And yet they do. Well, that's really interesting. Well, and it's comforting to me uh, because I, I know I've uh, felt that way. Um, so I, I guess, tell how did you get into this? That's not one of the three questions, but <laughs> I'm really curious. Well, I, I actually came into it through, um, so I was working as a holistic therapist and a coach and one of the problems that I saw people struggling with why they wouldn't move forward or wouldn't be able to move forward was because of certain beliefs. And so I, I started specializing in belief change, specifically under a very deep level, identity level belief about our worth, our worth as a human being and our worth being conditional. That is, it depends on what we do. And so I was working as a coach in, in, in that field, and I heard more and more talk about imposter syndrome. And when I, I got curious and investigated it, it was so clear that it was a direct result of a belief that our worth is conditional. The link is so very, very clear. I, I researched um, all of the academic um, uh, studies that had been done. I interviewed a whole bunch of people and I started working with people with imposter syndrome and it just became more and more clear. So I used all that then to write my book Unmasking to help other coaches help 
other people with imposter syndrome. Okay, so, um, it, it, and then how long does it take on average for someone to, I guess, overcome that or, or change their belief? To, to change a belief, well, if you, if you change, and there is a specific way to change a belief that goes quite deep into neuroscience of how, how the brain works, how the brain stores memories and how it looks out for danger. And uh, you can go through this, this whole process within eight weeks, um, but without that kind of neuroscience twist to it, without actually addressing the belief, um, people can go their whole lives suffering with imposter syndrome and not knowing what to do about it. Okay. So, and then just kind of tying this into what I deal with is, uh, so, so I, I deal with um, sudden wealth syndrome a lot. Mm. And I went, I experienced it myself. And um, I'm not sure if it was a belief. It was more of a, for me, it was an identity. Like I, so, and maybe there's a correlation, I don't know. But for me, like I, I identified as someone who worked paycheck to paycheck and then I had simultaneously millions of dollars in an investment account. And so uh -huh. there, there was a, uh, a, a tension there. And my, I mean, just from what I figured out, at least for myself, and I think this is for others, like my subconscious wanted to get back to what it was comfortable with. So I made choices, uh, being risky with the money, uh, making risky investments and so on until my, my you know, it, intellectually, of course, I wanted to keep the money and I had all these dreams and all this stuff, but then I, I, I just kept self-sabotaging. And uh, so I'm trying to think what the belief, is there a correlation? Is that based on a belief or is it totally separate? I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said identity. Um, but, the, the, you know, we, we identify who we are and you know our identity and either what we do which is imposter syndrome or what we have which sounds like sudden wealth syndrome oh, interesting okay yeah and so if you identify you know part of your identity is to have a certain amount of, of, of money a set limit if you like then and and you but and you believe that's you know, your worth then depends on that, then, you, you know, obviously you, would, you wouldn't want to, to upset that, to change that. You'd have to rewrite all your beliefs about um, wealth, about people who are wealthy, uh, about, uh, you know, about um, deserving, what do you deserve? So it's getting back to the sense of worth again. So the, those two make a lot of sense to me. And then what causes imposter syndrome? That's that's that that belief. Yeah, that the belief. belief. Okay, okay. Yeah, but for imposter syndrome, it gets triggered. So it gets triggered by a situation of high challenge and low support. So this is kind of like in the in the business environment is where it usually shows up. And a high challenge is not necessarily even a bad thing. You know, a high challenge can be an exciting new project, a, a, a new promotion, or something like that. Um, um, but the support, if you don't have enough support, then the high challenge becomes 
more of a negative challenge and it causes stress and anxiety. There's a very deep sense of not belonging. And I suspect that's got a connection with sudden wealth syndrome as well, because it's, it's the identity level. I don't belong in this group. I belong in this other group. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, something like that. I mean, for me, so when I, when I experienced sudden wealth, in the evenings, I would walk, I, I would go on this walking path and uh, going by all these different houses. And the thought would go in my mind, oh, I could buy 10 of these if I wanted to. And, you know, what would I do? And that would be, could it, you know, I, I mean, I, why did I even have that thought? It was just, it, I, I mean, it wasn't practical. I, I mean, mm -hmm. you don't just buy 10 houses um, just because, um, but, but it, I, I think I was trying to figure out where I belonged. And, uh, and I, I had a lot of, personally, I had a lot of um, trust issues. I ended up trusting people that were kind of high energy and mm -hmm. they coincidentally turned out to be con artists. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the, the people who were, I mean, you know, frankly, <laughs> the, the, the people who are probably more trustworthy are calm, centered. And I, I didn't relate to that because that's not where I was at the time. Like yeah. I, I was kind of on this high. Um, so anyway, I, I'm not, that probably doesn't relate, but uh, well, I, I don't know. I mean, for, and I've certainly dealt with imposter syndrome myself. I, I'll give you an example. Um, uh, so I'm coming out with a book and I'm, I'm pretty happy about that, mm -hmm. but this poor book has been written and rewritten and edited and totally revamped at least five times over the last 10 years. <laughs> so I'm finally picking one and I'm not hundred percent happy with it, but it's good enough. And at least I'm going to have a book out there. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. But I, I'm, I, I know for sure there's imposter syndrome going on there. Yeah, well, perfectionism is one of uh, the, there's there's a number of um, you know typical behavior patterns that come up with imposter syndrome. But perfectionism is one of them. Over preparing is another, which would be rewriting, rewriting, <laughs> right. rewriting your book. Um, and and there's deflecting praise. So you say, oh, I just got lucky. It's nothing to do with me. Or it was my team or something like that. Right. There's um, comparing yourself to others and comparing and everybody else seems to have got it together and they all seem so successful you know why do I feel like I'm the swan swimming with the feet paddling like crazy under the water and everyone else is gliding along so beautifully right. you know there's a there's a few things procrastination comes up hiding your opinion um avoiding promotions avoiding the next step but these are all typical classic imposter syndrome behaviors that are driven by that underlying belief. I'm not quite good enough. I'm a, uh, you know, there must be something wrong with me. I don't belong. Right. Okay. Very interesting. And then, so what can people do about it? Okay. So there's, there's two things you can do about imposter syndrome. One is, one is to manage it and one is to actually get rid of it. So you can manage imposter syndrome by 
first um keeping your your physiology as calm as you possibly can um when when we get triggered by by the beliefs that you know there must be something wrong with me i'm not good enough um it can set off the um, nervous system it can set it into the fight and flight and freeze state so it can bring up anxiety and and it can it, it changes the way that you even your brain operates the, blood flow doesn't go to the front of the brain anymore and that's our logical thinking part so we don't make such good decisions in this highly stressed state so the very first thing is to get as calm as you possibly can and then you know you you also calm the imposter syndrome behaviors there's certain ways that you can um you know take the edge off those for example if you if you find yourself comparing yourself to other people um rather than looking for the differences, you can look for the similarities. So there's, and that just, just helps you feel a little bit more comfortable. So there's tweaks. And then you can also um, get yourself some good support. So this situation is high challenge and low support. So if you get the more support you get for yourself, the easier it's going to be. And then the less stress you're going to be, the less you're going to be triggered. So that's all managing imposter syndrome. But to get rid of imposter syndrome, you do have to address that underlying belief that my worth depends on what I do. Mm. You know, I think I see the correlation with what, I talk about, and that is that um, was for children. I, I, I think children of successful people probably have imposter syndrome or, or, or something. I don't know if it's that, but, but I know that they often feel like they don't fit in or they're not going to be as good as mom or dad was. Uh, and so why should they even try something like that? And that, that is a hundred percent our target with what I'm talking about all the time yeah or, well, they, mean, meaning how okay the issue that i deal with a lot is how how do you successfully transfer wealth to the next generation so the next generation so it sticks so yes. so so they don't um you know, what just spend the money on um trying to get things to try to be happy artificially or something like that. And just yeah. so they can be content with themselves. And I think, I mean, that, that's a beautiful tie in, I think, with what you're doing. Absolutely. So, so when you change the belief, so your worth is then unconditional, your worth does not depend on what you do or, or what you have, right? That is a deep level of self-acceptance. And that's, that's absolutely what, um, where you know where it comes from so the belief that develops that conditional worth belief is actually um, forms between the ages of 18 months and three years old and that's the point in which a child transitions between not having a sense of themselves so it's basically identity and yeah. having that sense of them and, and, and realizing that they are separate and before that you know they're their, what they do and who they are feels exactly the same. So if you tell a very young child, you know, no, that's a bad thing to do, they won't hear it as my actions are bad, they'll hear it as I am bad. Right. And unless you specifically teach a child that their actions and their worth are not the same, then they'll carry it through into adulthood and it'll show up in highly successful people as imposter syndrome and it can show up 
as sudden wealth syndrome mm -hmm. when somebody you know comes into a lot of money in a, in a hurry. Oh my gosh, Tara. Um, we could keep talking, but uh, let me kind of wrap up. So we're going to put a link in the um, a link in the show notes uh, for a quiz, the free imposter syndrome quiz, and uh, a listener can get a free personalized report. And then uh, Tara, I, I think I mentioned at the beginning, she runs an inner success program or programs to eliminate imposter syndrome and high achievers. Um, and she also trains coaches um, and uh, yeah, okay. Coaches, I guess, business executive leadership coaches yeah. in eliminating imposter syndrome for their clients. So where can people go to book a call with you? So my website's probably the best. It's um, www.completesuccess.co.uk. And I'm also on LinkedIn, Tara-Halliday-PhD. I put a lot of my writing there. Oh, beautiful. Okay, so that does it for this episode of the Sudden Wealth Podcast, where families and business owners learn how to protect their assets and empower their children to be responsible stewards of their wealth. Uh, stay tuned for future episodes. One of our future guests is uh, Cindy Arledge, who has uh, four best-selling books and helps families with legacy planning. So for now, all good wishes and take care, everyone. Thanks a lot, Tara. Thank you, Paul.